Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for Intel forecasts and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. The segment is brought to you by Commercial Agent Success Strategies. This is incredible commercial agent training that you can get online, access it via the cloud. I know it's good. I created it. Check it out at commercialagentsuccess.com. Today we're talking about creative uses for retail properties and you know retail properties are going through some changes. Some people kind of want out of retail properties and some people seem as opportunities and there's a lot of creative uses out there and that's what we want to talk about today. Let's get started. Please welcome my first guest, Michael Godden. He's with We Partner Management, and Michael's joining us here in Studio One. Michael, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Michael, for having me on the show. Well, Michael, I wanted to bring you in because you're you're firsthand changing kind of the use on some of these shopping centers and retail properties. And first of all, uh, you're you're doing this now. You're, you're acquiring properties. You're acquiring these retail properties. A lot of people are running away from them. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Um, exactly, the, that's the point. Um, we see the opportunity whenever um, the market shifts away from an asset class, and that's particularly the case right now with retail, that where you see big boxes having a very hard time to be filled. We as a real estate investment company see the opportunity to acquire those um, very, very lucrative sites, which we see more as, 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 as land rather than income producing, kind of a covered land play that still generates a little bit of income. And we look to acquire them for a relatively low basis and then add maybe shrink a little bit of the, the retail and add creative uses. And that could be co-working, and that could be an office use, that could be a medical use, or that is now an almost all of our projects a residential use, and that is multifamily. Um, that's the, the areas where we can work with the municipalities and the, the constituents around to get the zoning approved because that's where the most likely the densities will happen. Usually shopping centers are located on major corridors where you will have transit, already have some kind of transit already. And um, we see to utilize that where we'll say, well, we're not going to create a tremendous amount of additional traffic because this knot's already a build out for this major corridors and transportation. So allow us to add 200 apartments on this 10-acre uh, shopping center where we maybe shrink uh, one or take one or two boxes away, shrink the retail to more experiential driven, and then create a mixed-use environment, maybe add some public spaces, connect it to an existing trail, and that creates significantly more um, interest to the community to let this ha project happen because we as developer give something back to the community with this development as well. I, and, I, and I like the, the play. And I like the argument with municipalities and, and the neighborhoods, if you will, about the zoning. How, how is it going, though? I mean, how is that zoning going? This is always a challenge. So um, you guys create traffic. Uh, our schools are full. Uh, we want people that are vested in the community. We don't want to allow renters uh, to in into our communities. It is an it is a challenge, but it is important to control the message. And whenever we go out to municipalities and say, "Look, this shopping center right now is at 80, 70, 60 percent occupancy," it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. It's just an eyesore to the community. So let's act upon it now and let's control the message to the community to understand. What are the real needs here? Gathering spaces, outdoor um, outdoor spaces, connecting it to a, to a trail where the city might already have some plans with. Um, those are all um, things that we could offer as a developer um, uh, if the, the municipality supports us on the increased density and additional uh, multifamily use. Sometimes the municipalities are so harsh by saying that we can't allow you um, multifamily, then we switch to either age 
restricted, which often does not take into account the, um, the schools. If the schools are full and that's an issue, mm -hmm. then we can, uh, we can talk about empty nesters that we're targeting with our multifamily development, mm -hmm. what we're doing on one of our projects. And the other is um, where we're looking into for sale condos for larger size. That is where we are kind of saying, why don't we um, build condos that will probably target empty nesters as well that want to downsize, especially in the suburban communities, and then buy a unit that um, they cannot find in those five, four or 5,000 square foot homes that they want to downsize. And then with that, uh, we create another, give you a municipality, another product type that hasn't been built for the last 10, 15 years as a for sale condo. And that's uh, something where we sometimes have more successful then we're just gonna recommend um, market rate apartments. Well played, very well played. You, one of the uses you mentioned on these retail properties is office, and obviously in some properties building an office building, uh, it works. Uh, but um, also sometimes uh, you might have um, another use. And so in one of your retail properties, I know you have uh, co-working that you're doing. So you're not, a lot of people rent to co-working companies like Industrious and, and WeWork, but you decided to do your own uh, co-working. Why did you decide that uh, rather than just renting to them? Um, so uh, WePartner also owns um, office parks that had um, larger spaces that were already subdivided and um, had some basics such as a break room, a kitchen, and um, it made sense for us without uh, spending too much on TI to paint and carpet the spaces and rent the individual suites um, individually. So kind of we, we naturally uh, moved into the space just being being cost cautious uh, landlord. And then at some point we, we, we saw that um, there are different types of uh, um, needs that the that the tenants have, and some of them are non-dedicated desks. So we kind of were shifted by the market slowly into the idea of offering um, non-dedicated desks, a true co-working space, not just a lock and leave uh, spaces and units. And then having done it on one or two spaces very successfully here in Atlanta, um, we, said, we, we said, what about our uh, retail centers where we have some boxes that are having a hard time to be filled because there are so fewer few retail uh, users available now with Amazon and the internet that has been taken over. So let's be creative. What are the office users that could be taking this on? And let's offer a variety of products that they will be able to take on um, to fill those spaces. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me when you think about somebody that's doing co-working and going into an environment like that. Um, they might be in and out. They might be there not all day, right? And, and to go in and out at a retail center where you have other things that you can do, uh, it kind of just makes sense. So what's the space look like that you're building out for co-working that you're managing yourself in a retail center? What's the space look like? Um, so the space will have a um, front where it will be a coffee shop and a um, common area for uh, people just to sit with their laptop and work. Um, that is usually at the front of the shop of, uh, with, with the, of the glass facade and have natural light. Mm -hmm. And then once you get deeper into kind of the closed off uh, sections environment, you have a perimeter on the perimeter you have offices that are that could be rented uh, for two to four people and then in the middle you have a little bit of the um, hang um, of the desks that are non dedicated so people can sign up to a membership very similar to the um, industrious and we works of the world where you create another revenue stream for people that are only spending maybe two days a week in those non dedicated spots mm -hmm. and they maybe can utilize the uh, conference rooms whenever they have meetings um, that it comes 
part of their membership fee. Um, that is a little bit more management intense, especially that middle section that requires um, a, uh, a, a manager that spends a couple more hours than the, the dedicated close-off um, offices. But it is a great opportunity for startups to kind of start with a desk and then eventually when they grow, take on a space that is available on a, uh, on a, a little bit longer lease. Let's call it six months to 12 months. Yeah. We're still not talking about a long um, commitment um, that will be eventually the, the goal to, to tie these people up for, for longer. Okay. And we're talking about creative uses for retail properties today, and, and Michael's doing his own um, co-working in his office buildings and now in some retail properties. So how do you go about finding tenants? Because that's independent tenants for co-working, because that's not really what you've done in the past. What do you do differently to try to find those tenants, track um, them or find them? I think there's a lot of cold calling and networking where um, there is not no sit and wait to relax mentality, but it is an, it's a proactive approach. Mm -hmm. For example, to approach um, hospital and uh, medical tenants and um, or their brokers and uh, present them and say, look, we have a shopping center, we have vacancies, we have maybe co-working spaces where we can mm -hmm. um, we can dedicate. Um, Parts of it for for a medical use as well, and then you can park in front of your um, of your your surface parking, which you don't usually have in a medical and office building. And I get it for medical uses that cold calling works, but if you might just have one person at a company that's using the space, or somebody's working at home. I mean, how are you finding that guy and that girl? You'll be surprised that you will get a lot of references and you will have a lot of people that um, w once you put it on um, CoStar, LoopNet, and maybe even Craigslist, mm -hmm. um, then you will have some kind of initial feedback and then there is a tremendous amount of, um, of references that people will bring you in. So. Yeah. Um, that, that's actually the market and the economy being so strong right now where people split away from their law firms or their CPA firms to start something new and they have been working in a traditional Williamsburg style building and the, mm -hmm. you know where they had to rent something um, that is not as um, walkable and uh, fun to be in. Um, they actually looking into this mixed use environments right now even more. That makes sense and uh, I love what you're doing Michael. Thanks for being on the show. Great information. Thank you so much for having me here. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on creative uses for retail properties. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies. Incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Red IQ, turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. Well, this segment is brought to you by Red IQ. Check them out at RedIQ.com. They turn multifamily data into actionable intelligence. It's pretty cool. Check it out. Well, today we're talking about creative uses, adaptive reuse for retail properties. And you know, retail properties are certainly going through some changes and you know most of them are pretty well located so it's very interesting to see what's happening in the retail world today please welcome my next guest it's Ryan Miller he's managing principal with Dwell Design Studio and he's here in Studio One Ryan thanks for being with us thanks for having me uh, we're really excited to be here 
good. Well, Ryan, you guys are working on big projects, great projects around the country. And I think it's interesting to see what some folks are, are doing with some of these properties. Mm -hmm. What are some of the uses for some of these big boxes where you guys have helped clients? What are some of the uses you think are interesting that, that maybe some people hadn't thought of before? Yeah, we've, we've uh, changed them to a lot of things that, mm -hmm. that are kind of uh, thoughts outside the box. Um, and those are continuing to develop as we as we um, as we look at them all over all, a lot of regions in the country. We have done um, some public libraries as backfill space to some of these old older centers um, with books of people actually paper books. People that's right. Read, okay. People actually look at books, but no card catalog. <laughs> no so card catalog. Those are gone. And um, we've done um, some dog shelters. Uh, one for the Humane Society a few years back. Um, it's typically things that are filling a need that isn't maybe necessarily a retail need, but it's something that is um, a use that's going to produce some rent um, for the landlord, but it's, it's a, just a little bit uh, of an outside-the-box use, not your typical retailer. Um, we've done a little bit of office space, mm -hmm. um, a little bit of medical office as well, which um, uh, again, fills a need in the community. Um, the office folks get uh, a place to have an office that's walkable to to shops and some dining and some other uses they might might need to. Yeah, um, I, I think that's an interesting use, and I think we're going to see more of that. You think about businesses today, you know, office users are concerned about rec recruiting and retention. And you think about if you're in the right retail setting, you might setting might have a walkability. You know, where the I was talking to you before the show, my daughter's trying to pick where she wants to work. She's getting multiple offers, just graduated from UGA. And one of the things she mentioned is, you know, it's interesting, Dad, to see the offices and, and what they're near and what it would be like to spend so much time there. Yeah. And, and retail might might be just the uh, uh, just the answer. For that. Yeah, I think I think it could be uh, for a lot of uh, specific could be a. Um, um, some shared working spaces, and we've looked at a number of those, too, within a shopping center. I think the key thing is, again, to get the, the right uses next to it, some, some cool shops and restaurants, some services that people can use mm -hmm. while they're at the office. But that sidewalk or that shopping center street becomes the amenity for the office that, that makes people want to be there, which I think is a great use. Yeah. And you said you've done some uh, educational uses in these projects? Yeah, we've done everything from, you know, classrooms for a community college to um, some, some spaces for school of cosmetology and things like that. Um, and again, that's, that's filling a need for the community and, and a use that is, again, a little bit different than retail, but, but certainly part of what a community center is. Yeah. And as we're checking off potential uses, you said you'd also done one and changed one to a post office? We did. Yeah, we, yeah we've done a couple of those, actually. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at these, we try to make them um, more than just another shopping center. We want to make them a place that's for the community. And there's just something about that post office still, uh, something about that post office that uh, is the civic use that, that kind of becomes... Uh, a place people are going to come and use and, and something that is about their community. Um, and, and we think that that starts to lend itself to being a little bit more about the place that it is rather than anywhere USA. Well, it's interesting to see post office because uh, that's a place where people actually mail letters with stamps, right? And somebody yes. delivers them. Yeah. I heard there's a thing called email. I know we, we <laughs> still use mail as well, but uh, it is interesting. So how do you... 
get a place like that to become part of the community and, and give it an identity? Yeah, we, we look really hard at, um, at the community around it. Um, we have done uh, projects, well, we do them all over the, the country, all over the Southeast uh, mm -hmm. as well. A couple examples may be um, a center we did locally here in Roswell where we took some of the, the aesthetics of the, the downtown. Um, some of the things we looked at were things like small details, but things that you can bring in um, that are recognizable to people. It was painted brick mm -hmm. was what this one happened to be. Um, and some of the typical uh, roofing and bracketing and, and lighting details and things like that that reminds people um, of the place where they live and, and what that architecture style looks like. That was one here in Roswell, and I think that one's done done pretty well. Tenant mix is obviously a huge part of it too. Yeah. Um, but um, architecturally, you know, there was one we're working on right now in uh, Satellite Beach, which I didn't know till I went there, is the number one place to to surf in Florida. So um, that idea of and it, this one happens to be right across the street from the beach too, but. Having a place where people can can drive over and wash their surfboard off after they're in the ocean and take it home and and um, just being a little more open, a little more beachy, if that's a, a word to use for that. Mm -hmm. But um, something aesthetically to to bring it into what people think it needs to 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 live and, and be in their community is what we try to try to attract. Yeah, one of the things that uh, I see in some of these large boxes is now flea markets, but you have a more professional word for those, right? Yeah, well, we've looked at, at some, too, that are creating market stalls. Market in, stalls. Inside, yeah. inside there. Um, so maybe there's not such a bad name connotation with a market stall, but it's the same yeah. thing. Um, yeah. And um, going in backfilling, uh, you know, 20, 30, even, even more, um, up to 40,000 feet of, of these places that, that people can walk through um, and rent smaller booths out mm -hmm. um, to sell their things. Um, many times they're not even manned inside, but it's just a place where they're displaying their wares. I know mm -hmm. we've done a couple that were um, uh, more antique driven mm -hmm. than that, where people can walk through. Um, um, but those have been pretty successful, especially if you've got a, a, a box of that size and, and um, and can do it, but it's, it's a unique destination for sure. Yeah, well, those are some interesting uses. And uh, what about rural properties? You know, some of these uh, retail boxes and some of these rural markets, it's hard to think about what to do in those. Yeah, well, you know, um, that was a couple um, that we have done that had, be, had become Humane Society. It was, mm -hmm. it was the one where um, an old Walmart box um, was vacated by Walmart to build the new Walmart concept um, just a mile down the road or so. So. Um, there was that. There was some discounters. There was, uh, you know, a dollar store or um, Dollar General has, has moved into some of those spaces and taken a piece of those as well. Um, we've done um, some things, uh, you know, as exciting as call centers and things like that with a um, with an office lobby or something like that up front just for, for some of their front office personnel. But then a, a big wide open space was perfect for them. Yeah. Um, so some of those things have, have worked well. And that, that happened to be one of the ones with the School of Cosmetology in it as well. So um, it's, again, a, a, a way to use that space that's useful to the community and maybe unique to the community. 
um, that, that gave that, that space or that center some interest. Yeah, that's cool. We sold a, um, a large, vacant, single tenant big box um, for a retailer that no longer needed it. Uh, the retail had kind of moved to another intersection yeah. uh, and ended up being a medical uh, user that we sold it to. And they had lab space. And it was interesting. It's not wasn't a dock in the box by any means. It was a big, big kind of more medical lab office type. Yeah. Um, and then you, 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 you said a term earlier uh, when I was chatting with you before the show uh, that I liked when you're talking about uh, malls yeah. and, and changing De those. Yeah, demalling. Demalling. Demalling, right? So, yeah. you know, we all know the struggles mm -hmm. of the department stores. Uh, uh, have had, are having, continue to have, I suppose, and mm -hmm. and, I, and I think more than anything, a, a lot of those, you know, Sears, uh, Pennies, to, to uh, a big degree too, are more than uh, a department store. They're more of a, a real estate company now, who owns their their box, owns their land. The mall owners are buying those back. So what do, what do they do with that land that's left over? Um, it was a parking field before. Certainly, malls are way over parked, except for maybe Christmas time, a couple of days of the holiday. So what do they do with those? We have, we have um, I think, successfully um, started to, to look at those and plan multifamily um, and plan um, different uses even for some of the existing um, department stores that are, are going to remain as a box in place but are being backfilled with um, like a, a WeWork, a shared working environment. Um, some medical office and, and some other type of office as well. And then um, a lot of people are looking to bring in hospitality into those areas as well because um, here's a large vacant uh, tract next to a mall, next to a, a very uh, urbanized area where now there, there's a little bit of land available for that. Yeah. A lot of these municipalities... Um like the retail and they like having the retail there and for for lots of reasons but in some cases it's, it's not really viable and you need to come in and make some changes right. uh, what have you guys seen related to helping clients with uh, municipalities really zoning and, and and getting things changed yeah i think we we really initially we'll dig into exactly what the city's future vision is for that area mm -hmm. um and i think that Everyone wants to make things a bit more uh, walkable, mm -hmm. somewhere where you don't have to just drive and leave. Um, and something that is a, a real amenity, not only to um, the owner, the developer, but it's an amenity to the community also. Mm -hmm. So um, that walkability, that connectivity, maybe to green trails and paths and, th and things like that, um, so we're, we're pretty heavily involved in the planning process at the front end and the design process at the front end um, and work really closely with city planners um, to try and see what's viable uh, at, at the beginning. Um, but I think that the keys are that connectivity somehow, whether it's transit connectivity or it's bike path connectivity um, or, or walkability um, and the idea that people can get there in other ways other than their cars is becoming very important. Yeah. Another use that uh, we've, we've helped folks with, uh, and it's not as sexy as a lot of the uses, but self-storage. Yeah, know, it's, for uh, sure. Maybe on the back of the site somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, well, Ryan, what would you leave our audience with to think about retail and, and when they're trying to come up with creative ways to think about what to do with some of these retail properties around the country? You know, I think that um, one of the things that, that 
people have to do at the beginning is really look hard at the existing site plan. Sites change over time. How people come and visit properties change over time. Traffic patterns change over time. So I think that um, there are always opportunities with the existing shopping center, with the bones of that site and with the bones of the building that don't necessarily require huge architectural changes mm -hmm. to make, um, and that's an architect saying that, we don't have to change the building that much <laughs> yeah. to, make it, to make it great. Um, I think that if you can start to take advantage of some of the things that you have on the site, maybe um, some more public gathering areas can be thought about and be created, um, connectivity to other sites, um, connectivity across the site, um, and providing some opportunities for the retailers to really be able to go in and, and do their own thing to bring some life to the center. Because mm -hmm. I think some, sometimes something, things that get, that get missed. It's easy to kind of go in there with a vision and say, you know, we're gonna completely rip off the front of the center and redo something different. Mm -hmm. And the tack that we take is that we really can figure out maybe what the best thing, the most efficient thing is with the existing bones of the center and the site mm -hmm. to improve it incrementally but make a make a big um, change in the value of the center. Yeah, um, yeah, that way. Well, that's good tips, and I know you're ahead of me on this. But one of the things I like to see is is great lighting in some of these projects, and sure. and then also music. Uh, sometimes when I go into a site that it's got some music playing, you know, it's like a, a if you watched a movie with no music or you watch a movie with music, it's a big change. Oh, for sure. You know. Yeah. And I we, think, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, lighting is a, is an important factor, just yeah. so people can see some activity, just so they can yeah. see what's there. Yeah. Um, I think is is a tremendous change at really a low cost most of yeah, the time. Yeah. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us. Great information. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And if you like more information, check them out. It's Dwell Design Studio. They do some great projects all around the country. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Red IQ, turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com.